previously on Diceology. Uh, so what are you, what are you doing here? I was banished from Palace. New Empire. Well, if you don't want to be bothered, this is pretty much nowhere. And Tristful is uh, a planet with one massive supercontinent. And it's kind of like what if Australia or the American uh, West and Southwest were just like one continuous continent. So it's like there's a little bit of green on the coasts, um, but the interior is a lot of orange and brown. Juniper, what are you doing? Oh, I'm headed towards the temple. You didn't strike me as the faithful type, honestly. Oh, well, I know Father Oliver Rosewood, or my, my father does. I, I'm supposed to find him. She kind of takes a few hesitant steps forward, and she's like, Um, excuse me, I'm looking for Father Rosewood? You found him. Um, my name is Juniper. I, I'm, I'm supposed to give you this letter, and she starts I don't like, have rifling time through her for, bag. I don't have time for a letter today, miss. Um, I'm, I'm busy. Please, I understand you're busy. I... This is important. Is it more important than a Mustang? Oh, well... So unless you uh, want to come help me with that, I don't have time for you. I'll help you. Juniper, was it? Yes, sir. No, sirs. No, father. Just, just Rosewood is fine. Rosewood. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's what everyone calls me. So, and like you guys start like walk. He like starts like walking, and he clearly hikes, like, probably walks to town every that like couple of clicks every day, mm-hmm. um, and is much better at it than you. And he's probably a little bit tall. Like, how tall is, is Juniper? Um, she's like 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, maybe. Okay, so he's like 6 feet tall. So he's like... So Rosewood is, is kind of striding ahead of you. I think that we see, like, Juniper, like, just kind of stumbling behind him, like, kind of slightly tripping. Not, like, falling on her face, but, like, kind of trying to hold this heavy pistol and carry her bag and, like, stumble through the, the mm-hmm. woods. Um... Yeah, because you're not also not walking on any path either. Right. Um, just because where he's tra- taking you is just not, it's not, it's not a path, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's walking and, he, and he's, he's like over his shoulder. So, you're a new Imperial, huh? I am. What gave me away? Most of it. What are you doing here? She hesitates. Um, and then she says, My father is Lord Hazel Blackbird. I think he stops for a second. And he, like, looks over his shoulder at you. Lord Blackbird was good to me. The okay. letter I have, it's its from him. He's not dead, is he? No, no, nothing like that. Um, it's good to hear. And he, like, starts walking again. <laughs> <laughs> and I think she, she's fine with that. Like, she's not overly eager to tell everyone, like, she messed up and she's been banished, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, if we both make it out of this, I'll read your letter. If? Yes, if. Oh, oh, okay. Um, okay, yeah, of course. Um, yeah, because it's like a Mustang. And uh, <laughs> I think she kind of like had in mind like, oh, you know, we're like, like this is a kind of contained situation and it's it's a little bit more just like hunting for sport or something like that. <laughs> no, he's like, do you know what a Mustang really is? She hesitates, and I think that's kind of enough to tell him that, no, she does not know what a Mustang is. So he turns and, like, stops dead, and you almost run into him. Mm Mm-hmm. And he says, look. And he, like, slams the shield, like, 
edge down into the dirt between you. He says, for the fire they breathe, mind you. And he like pulls like the holy book out of his pocket because they try to summon the devil. They're too fast. And he like gestures to the, to the rifle and then to your pistol. So you have to shoot them down. And then you need a knife because you're going to have to finish the job. Now look, I've only dealt with one Mustang in my life. One. And I went in with four people, myself included. She visibly swallows and like feels her heart kind of start racing a little bit more because she didn't exactly know the level of danger in the situation. Um, but she looks at him with a lot more confidence than what she's actually feeling and says, listen, I've got nothing to lose and I, I'm asking you for help and I want to help you in return. I'll be okay. And if I'm not, then I'm not. <laughs> but I'm, I'm smart and I'm fast and I'm good with a pistol. I promise. All right. Well, saints be with us and whatnot. And I think she just kind of nods because her family is not religious. And yeah. it's kind of, you know, the nod that someone might do when, <laughs> you know, they're, they're just trying to be polite. <laughs> Definitely. So he takes you a little bit further up past the temple until you reach um, a mountain that has, like, from a distance, there's an there's a side of it like it built into to like kind of the hillside, um, something kind of glinting, um, a little bit like metal. At this point, um, Rosewood kind of like motions for you to stay low with him, and um, you see uh, something you've only seen in books probably, which is mm -hmm. against the side of the mountain is a door of some kind. But it was made by the old empire, the people who um, lived in the Runa system long, long ago, the people who built the jump gates, the ones who have left ruins scattered about the entire system. Her eyes widen, and this is really exciting for her because she's really interested in things like history. Gotcha. And then you see some motion, and there's a quadruple quadruped creature sort of creature wandering about the door kind of um and even from a distance you can see that like you can kind of see why they call it a mustang like it kind of has like a horse sort of build to it and it's tall like a horse um but it's also got like claws um and no eyes um and not really even a discernible mouth exactly and its skin reflects like metal, but it moves and, and bends and folds like flesh. Um, oh, creepy. I like it. <laughs> and uh, Rosewood kind of nods like, that's it. And you kind of understand that this, this is something you've probably read about if you're interested in the old, the old Empire stuff. Mm -hmm. They built what have been described as sort of biomechanical things uh, automatons they're kind of like the robots that people use now but they include some sort of like aliveness to them um right. some kind of sentience yeah and they're very and like this is the first one you've ever seen moving and there are stories about people who go into the ruins and face these things and die like most of the time um these these the these things are violent and deadly so rosewood kind of like uh gets everything like set up um and like kneels he like kind of has the shield um up and he says look it's gonna be nice and simple okay so you following me all right now i'm gonna run at it and it's gonna breathe well my fellow, um, my brothers and sisters would call it hellfire, but really it's more of a plasma burst sort of thing. Um, 
And while it's doing that, you're gonna shoot it. Okay, I can do shoot, it. Shoot to kill. It won't kill it, but it will bring it down. Now, if you can do that, well, then maybe it won't try and summon the devil, so to speak. Um, right, right. How does Juniper feel about this guy talking about the devil very literally? Because he's from the he's from the faith, which is kind of the mm-hmm. um, which is the nickname for. Um, it's the faith of the nebula saints. Um, and basically what they believe in is that there are like 10 nebula saints who, who watch over us. And there is like a devil who will kind of like very, very like Christian allegorical sort of devil kind of situation. And like in reality, the church kind of functions, the faith, it kind of functions a little bit more like a government institution, but that's kind of like the basic tenets of, of, of it, you know, and, the, the basic religion of, like, do do right by your fellow person and all that stuff. But, sure. Um, and, like, the Ten Nebula Saints have some sort of relationship to the Jump Gates. It's kind of unclear, even in the texts. But, you know, they're meant to be interpreted. So, yeah, how do you feel about him kind of, like, just talking about the devil and this thing like that? So, I think she just kind of makes the assumption that, like, there isn't, like, I mean, like... The devil, like, the devil in literal form isn't going to show up. Like, I think she makes an assumption that it's still an expression, you know? It's like, it's it's kind of like, okay, if we don't kill this thing, then, you know, bad stuff will happen. The, de- the devil's <laughs> influence will happen, you know? Um, yeah. But she, I mean, it's, n- if it's a literal thing, that is not something that would occur to her. Gotcha. And so she kind of just sidesteps that comment it's like yeah yeah, yeah well yeah we'll kill, the, we'll kill the thing and then things will be good and you know, bad things won't happen <laughs> yeah so he's like once you've shot it i'll finish the job with the knife all right she now knows. look this thing has to get done if this thing get, comes to town a lot of people might die so if it bolts this job isn't finished until it's dead. You understand? Yes. And I think she's very actively not telling him that she's never hunted something so dangerous and wild before. Like, she's mm-hmm. had a lot of shooting practice, and she's very skilled with a gun. But, like, she hasn't really faced anything real that isn't, like, a simulation to, like, get her to practice. Gotcha. I think she's definitely not telling him that. <laughs> Cool, cool. All right. So, um, I think we're going to do our first roll here in just a second. Um, cool. But I'll do a quick description and you tell me when, what, what Juniper's doing. So, this thing's kind of like scraping at the dirt, kind of like just like a normal animal would. And Rosewood kind of like skirts the edge of this like little bit of a clearing that leads up to this door, um, this, this ruined door. He's got like the shield that he's got out a little bit. And then like you can see him like kind of throw like a rock at it basically um and it makes a weird like um have you ever like held like a really thin piece of um like stiff metal that like um and you like kind of like bend it it makes that weird like wobbling sound yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. it makes that sound when it hits the hits the the mustang um and it make and then it like rears up and like shrieks and kind of like gallops at him on its hind legs and then, like, kind of, like, has, like, a dislocated sort of jaw situation that you're not sure, again, where the mouth showed up, but it shows up. Um, and this, like, bright white, like, it is, like, a burst of plasma that, like, starts igniting the air around it um, just at at him. And he, like, throws the shield up and it, like, the force of it, like, clearly knocks him to a knee. Uh, what does Juniper do? Um, as that's happening, she's raising her gun and she's going to sh- try to shoot it. Okay, cool. Um, so since we haven't rolled the dice yet, I'm going to read uh, the rules real quick here. So rolling the dice. When you try to overcome an obstacle, you roll dice. Start with one die. Add a die if you have a trait that can help you. If that trait has any tags that apply, add another die for each tag. Finally, add any number of dice from your personal pool of dice. Your pool starts with seven dice. Your pool of dice is kind of like a reserve of like grit and energy that you can pull on. Um, to uh, push through and do a little bit better in a tough situation. So, 
Roll the dice that you've gathered. Each die that shows a four or higher is a hit. You'll need to need hits equal to the difficulty level to pass the obstacle. I, as the GM, set the difficulty. Two is easy, three is difficult, four is challenging, five is extreme. If you pass, discard all the dice you've rolled, including any pool dice you used. Don't worry, you can get your pool dice back and we'll go over that when we get there. If you don't pass, you don't yet achieve your goal, but you get to keep the pool dice you rolled and add another die to your pool. The GM will escalate the situation in some way and you might be able to try again. So, one die for doing, for doing anything. Is there a yep. trait that Lady Blackbird, that Juniper has um, that will help her here? Yes, the trait I'm going to use is athletic. Okay. And then how many, uh, do you, does athletic have any tags that help you? Yes, I'm going to use the tags um, of pistol and shooting. Okay, so you're up to four total. I think the difficulty here is four, which is challenging. Okay, all right. Um, oh, that's right, okay. So I think... Uh, I'm going to take three dice from my pool of seven. Okay. So it's going to put me at seven. So you're rolling seven to get four. Yep. (laughs) All right. First roll. Let's do this. All right. All right. Let's do this roll. Okay. So you need four successes, right? Yeah, and it's a four up. That's a success. Yes. Or hits, I guess is the proper term. <laughs> well, I got three hits. Ooh, so, so close. Hey, you get to add a new die to your pool. Um, Yay. Starting so, off strong. So what kind of... what? What it, Why does this not go your way? Is it nerves? Is it is it just underestimating this thing? Like, what? what is the thing that, like makes it such that it doesn't go go Juniper's way. Well, I think a big part of it is just, like, this gun is way heavier and bulkier than what she's used to. Like, she's used to guns that are a lot easier to maneuver, and they're lighter and slimmer and a little mm-hmm. bit fancier. And so I think she overestimates her ability to use a different type of gun than she's used to. And mm-hmm. so she's just, like, not quite quick enough Gotcha. Um, with that. Yeah. So you fire, and, like... It, the one thing that's in your favor is that this gun is a little, probably of a higher caliber than what you normally use. Um, so like crazy kickback, you're like probably knocked down, honestly. And like the bullet, like it doesn't land in the spot you wanted it to, that if you were using a gun that you had practiced with, you would have hit the right spot. So instead of like hitting like the neck or the skull or something, it hits its flank. Um, okay. It punctures and like strange, um, hmm, probably like a glowing gold fluid starts like oozing out and it like makes a screaming sound. It stops breathing plasma at, at, um, at Rosewood, but it doesn't go down like he needs it to. And so it like Mm. bolts towards the door, um, and like it opens its mouth again and he's like, strange like chiming sounds happen and the the door starts like slowly shuddering open and the mustang like runs through into the inside the mountain into this um and like rosewood stands up and he's like shit 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 damn it i'm so sorry i'm sorry um (sighs) job's not done let's go we have to follow it in yeah, yeah, okay, all right. And she grabs um, her stuff and, like, starts running. So you you both sort of bolt inside. How, how, does, how does Juniper feel about this whole situation running into a new, th- into a thing? Um, well, I mean, there's, I think there's an element of shame there because she didn't succeed the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is someone who she wants to help her and uh, she's usually very good at what she does i think and Mm um yeah and so so she's she's really frustrated with herself um and she's but she's even more determined this time around gotcha and so she it's i think that's the primary emotion that's happening i think it's less about like okay i'm running into this old (laughs) ruin maybe that's a little scary and it's more like i've got to get this done yeah 
So as you guys are going in, um, Rosewood like reaches into his pocket and he tosses you just like kind of like a little, kind of like a pin that you would like put on your like lapel or something. Um, mm-hmm. And he like has one of his own and he like clicks it on and it like it creates like sort of like soft ambient light around him. Mm-hmm. And he says, "I've never seen that door open before. I don't know what's in here, so be extra careful, okay?" Okay. Yep. Okay. Thank you. Um, so I'll kind of describe it now that it gets lit lit up and you guys are kind of like, you're running through, but you're not like running, running. You're kind of like moving quickly because there's, there's debris and like you can't, you'll trip and you don't really know what direction you're going. But the hallways that you're in, the, the rooms and structures, they're made out of some substance you're not familiar with. It doesn't feel like metal or concrete or some sort of like plastic. It's like somewhere in between those things. Hmm. But inside it's really desolate. And as you go um, and have to kind of like slow down to like pick your way through every now and then, you start to realize that like every other wall has like bullet holes or scorch marks or appears to be like torn apart. And like this place looks like it was stripped of valuables, like Mm. wires ripped out of walls, stripped like long, long time ago. Um, And there's like no human remains, but it like feels like there should be if that makes sense. Um, Yeah. And, like, numerous halls and rooms have been caved in, and there's, like, really few clear paths forward. This was a place that was, like, probably built to, like, like, clearly built as some sort of bunker or something, somewhere to hold out, somewhere to hide, you know? And, like, you guys are, like, taking, like, the one, like, like, basically one route through that still makes sense. Like, you know, you'll go down a hallway and then it's caved in and so you go through another room and it'll, like, spit you out in a different hallway and you'll, like, kind of circle back to the path you were taking. Right. Um, and the whole time you're kind of following, like, this clattering sound of the Mustang because it has, like, a very specific gait now because it's limping because uh-huh. you shot it in its flank until eventually you guys kind of reach a diverging path. Like, it probably takes, like, five or six minutes to get through this building. And, like, you guys have to stop because it's, like, it's echoing and it's very unclear where the sound is coming from now. Rosewood, like, kind of looks at you. Right or left? Left. All right. I'll take the right. Be careful. Uh, Okay. Okay. Uh, You too. Yeah. And he, like, he, like, goes and then he, like, catches his hand on the wall and then he, like, looks back at you and he's like, I don't recognize your scent. But I know you're blooded. This is not a time to hold back. And she just, she just nods. And he like takes off down his hallway. How long do you think it takes before you get through? Through the hallway? Yeah. Um. Like is Juniper rushing or is it more of a. Yeah, no, she's definitely rushing. I don't know how long this hallway is, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, she's she's not necessarily taking her time. <laughs> fair, fair. You take this route, and you're you you kind of like go, and you suddenly kind of realize like, oh, I'm going down the main way. Like you're like you're clearly hitting like essentially like a main entrance hall, and you round a corner, and as you do, you kind of get excited because there's like natural light, like tons of it spilling in. And you enter this, like, much larger room. It's not, like, massive, massive, but larger room with these. And there's these huge double doors that look like... They look like they were, like, pushed and torn and blasted and ripped open from the outside in. Got it. Forever ago, mind you. But the Mustang is nowhere in sight. As you, like, kind of go outside, um, you kind of look out down towards, like, a, a descending valley... Um, out mm. towards some plains, you kind of like look a little bit to your left and as if it had just been tossed out of the way, tossed to the side, there's the remains of a, like, of a mech. What does Juniper know about mechs? Um, she knows that there, there were a lot of them um, in the old empire and that they were they were used for war purposes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not really used anymore. Correct? No, nobody can build them. Like people try, right. and it just doesn't work well enough. Like anytime they anytime like they try and make the thing, like 
more traditional methods of warfare kind of um, outclass it. So they're like, whatever the secret is, whatever the secret sauce that made these things like the main military force of the old empire, we don't know it. So. Okay. Yeah. So she is. So I think her knowledge is mostly around, okay, like how these were used and kind of, kind of like what you learn in history class, you know, mm-hmm. um, who has used she, them, how they were used. Has she ever seen one? No. Not even in like a museum or something? Um, mm, I don't know if she's seen like a whole one, you know, like mm-hmm. she's probably seen like parts of them. She's seen them in history books. Um, but probably nothing like what she's seeing now, I guess. Can she resist going and taking a closer look? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> okay, so as you kind of approach it, it's sliced cleanly in two. Like, its legs. It's humanoid. Um, so it has, like, it has kind of like a human-like body to it. And it's sliced cleanly in two. It's like lower half, um, just a little bit further away from it. You would guess that if it stood up, it might be a couple stories tall and it has like, and it's lying on its back and it's has these like broken wings, um, that kind of make it have like this sort of sad fallen angel kind of look to it. And there's this massive puncture hole through its chest. Like it got shot by something like clean through point blank. And like the chest is something you do know from drawings and like history books is the chest was like the cockpit where people would pilot it from. And as you, like, get close to it, like, you, this one's relatively untouched. This is, like, a really tragic thing, but, like, lots and lots of ancient burial sites um, in, you know, the Middle East, Egypt, um, Mesoamerica were, like, horrifically treated by uh, European, um, I hesitate to call them scientists, so more grave robbing sort of people. Sure. By and large, that is how, like, mechs and the ruins of the old empire are treated across the, across the system. Mm -hmm. So this one's, it's destroyed, but it's pristine, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's got this like ceramic armor, like the, like the inside is some sort of like metal alloy, like the skeleton of it, but it's like plating is a substance called old empire ceramic. It's feels like ceramic. It looks like ceramic. It weighs less than metal like ceramic does but it it functions and is like hard as diamonds it's another thing that the modern day people of the runa system also can't really figure out how to make um so like in a weird way there's like a fortune bolted onto this mech because there's nothing like that substance um but you like look at it up close and it's still got like these flecks of like gold and cerulean like glaze like somebody glazed this um Mm to like decorate it at some point. And like, as you kind of like look around a little more, as you get close to it, there's like dozens of like smaller mech units, um, in like states of like greater or lesser decay. They don't have like the ceramic on them that like they, they're, they're of different make basically. And they look like torn apart and they kind of like are all kind of like up to this big one. That's like fallen. What do you do? Do you want to like try and gather more information? Like what's, what is Juniper doing right now? Because it seems like the this um, it seems like Juniper is the sort of person who is very enthralled by this sort of mythical, mystic kind of past. Oh, and for it's sure. so like it's like what what Mustang? What are you talking about? <laughs> no, yeah, this is definitely a big distraction for her. Yeah. Um, so, what do you want to do here? Um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go towards these mechs and um. The little ones. The. Or the big one. Wait, sorry. Are they kind of all near each other or are the. Um, so the, so the big one has been like torn apart and like tossed aside in front of the door. Um, okay. like it kind of looks like it was standing in front of the door at some point and got destroyed and tossed aside. Um, the other got ones it. look like they were like trying to climb up this, this, um, slope, um, towards it. Okay. All right. Um, I want to start with the big one. Okay. I think. So is this a role? Are you, do you want to do a role of some kind? Uh, yeah, I was hoping to do a role on my explorer trait. 
Cool. Um, and the tags that I have under there that I can use would be ancient lore, curious, ruins, and I would argue nimble because I might be kind of like... You're literally getting up in it. it. Okay. Yeah. So that's one, two, three, four, five for explore and one for doing a thing. So you're rolling six. I think at the moment, um, I think this is a kind of a difficult thing to get information about just in mm-hmm. general, but um, I don't think you're any, any major threat here. So I think I'm going to say this is a, I think this is just a two. This is, this is relatively easy. Just a two. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to take any dice from my pool then. Okay. I'm just going to go with the six that I've got. Gotcha. So. Wait, did you say two? Two. I need two. two. Okay, I got two. Awesome. Okay. So, the thing you kind of, like, put together pretty quickly is that, like, this Big Mech was clearly making some sort of last-ditch stand thing. And that the little ones were, they were probably the thing, uh, one of the things attacking it but probably not the thing that brought this big one down. And you can tell that they were enemies because clenched in one hand of the big mech is one of the smaller ones, like, crushed um, in there. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so, like, the big one is, like, two or three stories tall, and these little ones are about person size. Like, basically, like, for lack of a better term, like a really bulky Iron Man suit sort of situation. (laughs) Yeah. But the thing that kind of, like, like, you're, like, learning things, and you're seeing, like, this, like, this, like, piece of um of like history and that's amazing in and of itself but then you notice something else you like climb up and you like kind of like near the cockpit right like maybe there's some controls that survived and you see something that um would probably make an archaeologist's anthropologist's career there is a device that that most pe- most people didn't they, they they nobody really has a knows what this device does. So mechs are like most mechs are human built like humans. Um, so they place things in relatively similar spots relative to importance. So like like the power source is like usually in the chest ish area for humanoid mechs mm-hmm. where lungs and heart would be, and like data banks are stored up in like the head of the mech. Um, Mm -hmm. because that's where humans' minds are, right? Mm -hmm. Um, we build things that often mirror ourselves, right? Especially if they have a humanoid form. But there's always been this device that nobody can figure out the the purpose of that has a spot of importance similar to, uh, like a heart or a lung, but no, but it seems to serve no purpose. It like has like the same purpose as like a like an appendix. Like what if our appendix had the same level of centrality, right? Right, right. You find this hole and there's a little light on it that's blinking. It's still Ooh. functioning. Oh. Not okay. the mech as a whole, but this part still is functioning. Okay. Um yeah, her eyes widen a lot and she is gonna go over there (laughs) it's pretty small it's like kind of like softball sized and spherical Uh in nature so you have to like clamber down into the like into the spot that got blown open a thousand years Mm -hmm. ago basically Mm -hmm. um and you get up close to it it wasn't a trick of the light it's really there also just curious you're a dream blood so you pick up on the emotions and like thoughts of others. Yeah. Is that really, is that terribly, is that a thing you can completely shut off or do like, do you get like a slight hum from people? Um, I think it's, I think it's always there. It's just kind of a part of who she is and it's her instinct. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I definitely, I mean, I'm not like an empath where it's just like, oh, I can feel these things that other people are feeling all the time. It's kind mm-hmm. of a matter of like, to some degree, I either need to be invited in or I need to force my way in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can, I think I can pick up on general, general feelings if I want to, or, you so know. You can always kind of sense where a mind is, right? Like where a person, like, kind of. Like yeah. you would know, you would like you as a dream blood would know if someone 
even if someone snuck into your house, you would like kind of like suddenly feel a presence. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so as you get close to this thing and like it's really easy to see like you just like, oh, I just like unscrew this and flip these three things open mm-hmm. and I could just take this out. Um uh-huh. and clearly it is not drawing any power from this machine, so it won't shut off. You're looking at it, and you're pretty sure it's a person. Like, this little metal sphere is also a person. Because I'm getting, like, a presence of emotion from it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like Ooh, a mind. Maybe. It's like okay. a mind or a... Um, yeah. And I want to be clear. There are robots in the Runa, Runa system. You do not pick that up from robots. Like, that's not a thing that right. they do. Like, or machines. Like... Huh. Nope, that's not what machines feel like. But this one does. (laughs) All right. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, she's very intrigued. Um, And I think she was going to, like, pick it up. But now that she senses this, she hesitates with that. And I kind of want to use my dream blood trait here to read this mind. Um, Or, like, enter into it. I think you get the feeling you could do either. It feels like it's asleep. Okay, so yeah, so if it's asleep, I can, um, I can probably use the dream tag on that, right? Uh, yeah. So I think this is going to be, yeah. I will say this is a difficulty three. Okay. So one for doing a thing, dream blood trait, enter dream. Um, are you doing anything else here? I'd say read mind. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't really know if I can argue for any of the other ones. (laughs) I think that's pretty much like, I'm just trying to get a sense of what, what's going on here and who this person is. Okay. You sure you don't want to, um, like, is there a way you could do this? That's soothing, like not being aggressive about the whole situation. Yeah. I mean, if you have the tag soothe. Yeah. If, if. I mean, if we're interpreting soothe as in, like, I'm trying to be gentle about the way that I'm going about this, um, Mm -hmm. then yeah, we could argue for that. Cool. So that's how many tags total? Or how many dice total? I think about five. So you need to roll three here. Do you want to use any of your secrets or anything? Um, mm, I have a pool of eight still, right? Yeah, you do. Okay, I'd, I'd just, I'd probably be inclined just to take a few dice from that then. Okay, cool. So how many dice are you taking from your pool? Um, let's see. Hmm, maybe three. Okay. So you're rolling a total of eight to get three successes. Three hits, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Hopefully that works out. Okay, I got four hits. Awesome, so that's a success. Yeah. All right, so... So let's talk about this real quick. So so we haven't really talked much about the way the this the sort of space magic works in the Runa system, but let's, yeah. let's give that a quick chat real quick. That um, might be important. So what you're doing is called bleeding, which is essentially the skill of harnessing mystical forces. Um, and you're called, like, a blooded. And so, like... Through extensive training, um, you're, you, like, you change your own DNA to gain the use of, like, abilities, um, Mm -hmm. within a certain, like, style. So, like, Delilah Flint is a flame blood, so she can, like, literally, like, throw fire around, like, it's very flashy. Um, Mm -hmm. a dream blood is far more rare, but what does it look like for you to do this? What is this, what does this ability look like? Is it flashy? Is there, do your eyes glow or is it way more subtle? Kind of like the force in Star Wars where like (laughs) you can't see it happening. Yeah. I mean, it, it just looks like, um, Juniper goes over to this thing and gently puts her hand on it and we can see her eyes just glaze over a little bit. Like it would be really hard to notice or like kind of understand what was going on if you didn't know that she was a dream blood. Um, and it really just looks like 
she's spacing out for Mm -hmm. a little while. Um, so she's not exactly present in the moment anymore. Yeah. Um, but always a good thing to do when a monster's around, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. of course. Smart. (laughs) It's fine. Yeah. Um, and so that, yeah, so that, that's what it looks like when she's entering a dream. Mm -hmm. Uh, what's the dream like? So, so like, I think like, your like eyes glaze over and like we would like zoom in on them really, really close until it's just the eyes. And then kind of like they'd kind of unglaze and you'd zoom back out and you'd be in a new place. This dream is you're in like a long hallway that is made of that same material as the ruin was. Mm-hmm. Like this sort of like that, like not quite concrete, not quite plastic, not quite metal. There's like a door behind you, but you didn't walk into the door. Because this is a dream. You never really know when you're entering, leaving, like that kind of weirdness. (laughs) Um, And at the end of the hall, it seems to open up into some sort of like hangar bay, which is like kind of a familiar sort of site. Like your father, Lord Blackbird, does do some stuff with the military. So I'm sure you've been on, seen a few military ships of the new empire. So you've seen a hangar bay before. Um, But hanging in the, in this bay is not like a single person starship or something it's the mech the the torn apart Hmm. one and it's covered in the in you saw those like little flecks of blue and gold glaze and it's resplendent like that it is like wow beautiful pottery kind of look Uh um yeah and down in there's some movement there um and like the sound of like sparks going moving of parts and things and then someone's just like damn it like the sound of maintenance basically what do you do uh i want to walk towards that sound and see who's there so you see um a woman very tall tan skin and like luscious brown hair um and like Mm. eyes to like match and She's kind of got this like weird look going on because she's got like she's she's got like this jumpsuit that would definitely cover like all of her. It's like tied around her waist and so like she's got like she's just like wearing a sports bra and she's kind of got like sort of like grease on on her and stuff going on like she's doing mechanic work, right? Right. She but she's also got like flowers braided into her hair and she jumps a little when you when when she sees you and she's like, "Oh, um uh, hi there. Um Hi, what are how, you doing? How, how'd, how'd you get in? Like, she walks towards you and, like, passes oh. you down the hall. And then, like, grabs the door and, like, shakes it. And it's, like, it's locked. And, like, she, like, walks back. And there's, like, these big double bay doors. Not unlike the ones in the bunker mm-hmm. that were torn apart. But these are, like, closed up. And she's, like... Mm-hmm. And it's, like, really dimly lit, like, by, like, um, backup or emergency lights, basically. And she's like, I... For the life of me, I can't get anything to open. How'd you get in here? Oh, it's... It's okay. You're... You're dreaming. What's your name? She kind of scoffs. She's like, I'm not dreaming... I can, I, I can enter people's dreams, and that—that's what I did. You—you you don't think you're dreaming? No. Um. I woke up here a few hours, maybe like a day ago. It's hard to tell. It's so no windows, and um. You know, I can't I can't quite get this mech working, and I just. I've been stuck in here for just a little while, but it's so good to see someone. I'm not sure how I got here either, actually. And Juniper takes a deep breath because she gets the feeling she's going to have to reveal some difficult truths to this person. Um, but first, she repeats herself and she asks, My name's Rolls, she says. My name's Juniper. What's your name? Nice to meet you, Juniper. Um, I... (laughs) You're... (laughs) 
Darling, you're gonna think I'm, I'm crazy, but, uh... I can't remember my own name. That's okay. Um... How did I get here? That's okay, we can talk about that. Um... What... What would you like me to call you? I... I don't know. And she starts getting, like, distressed. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, how long have I been It's okay, here? it's okay. Um, and I think she takes this woman's hand as as much as you can take a person's hand in a dream. <laughs> um, you can, quite firmly, actually. Like, okay, she's, qu- okay. She feels really solid. Everything's really solid. Like, right. yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sh- Is that normal for a dream? Or am I getting um, the sense this is, like... So, I think it's pretty normal for once you find, like, the core, the, the thing that actually is, like, quote-unquote representing the mind, that uh-huh. thing is usually pretty, like, really solid, not a, th- okay. a thing that is very hard for you to magically manipulate. So, she feels really solid. These other things feel pretty solid, too. Like, they haven't changed in a really long time. Like, they could be changed, but they're not. Right. Um, so everything feels unusually solid. Like, it's been the same dream. Like, like if a dream is, like, a layer and, like, normally a, a one-layer dream is, like, really thin, it's, like, a thousand layers thick, you know? Ooh. Like, you could, okay. like... It's, like, if it's, like, a thousand... Like, a thousand sheets of paper can be torn still. But you kind of have to, like, do them in chunks. Mm-hmm. You're never going to tear that whole thousand at once, right? But... yeah. She's more than that. She's... And this is, like, the really weird thing. She feels very, very real. Very, very human. But more. Like, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um... I think the closest thing this feels to is, like, your dream blood master's mind felt kind of like this. Like, there was just capability. Like, I think other blooded's minds feel a little just like... Well, they they have just, like, this next other thing that they can do. Yeah. So she kind of feels like that. But she's very clearly not a blooded or human, traditionally speaking, either. Because you are also holding a... Uh, touching a strange metal orb inside a machine. So... Right. Okay. Yeah. So, um... What year is it? I don't know. Um... I don't... I don't know. I... Listen, I... I found you, um... On Tristful, a planet called Tristful. Um, I don't know a planet called that. That's where I am right now. And I found you inside of a mech that has been long. It hasn't functioned in thousands of years. Um, but this, what I'm in right now, it's, it's, it's a piece of the mech that no one I know knows what it does um I and she like kind of looks at the mech that she was like messing with mm-hmm. and she's like I don't know how to fix mechs I don't think <sighs> what Can do I- you need well, I'd like to be out. Okay, how... How do you usually get out? I've never gotten out. It feels like I've been here for hours. Maybe a day. But I don't really remember what happens before... I get here. Like, not even... Oh, I was walking down a street, and then everything went black and then suddenly I'm here there's just 
like when I think about that, like it feels like I should know, but then when I try and grab a specific, it wanders away. I'm gonna try to get you out. I don't know if I can, but I'm going to try. I I would like that very much. Um, <laughs> I think kind of the only way that Juniper knows how to go about the situation that she isn't really familiar with, um, I think she's just going to try to manipulate this dream and open the doors that mm-hmm. this woman's saying she can't open. And she doesn't even know, like, is this person, like, a person that could, like, wake up? up like what like she's not really sure but she wants to try to do something to help this person who's confused and suffering okay um well for starters that sounds like you are hitting one of your keys which juniper has the key of the conscience you don't like to see anyone suffer even enemies hit your key when you help someone who's in trouble or when you change someone's life for the better so i think you get an xp for that so let's just We'll just mark that down real quick. Um, I think this is a difficulty too, because this is very clearly her dream, and I don't think she knows fully grasps that even enough to like manipulate it. Mm-hmm. So one for doing a thing, one for dream blood, one for manipulate dream. You're definitely trying to soothe somebody here, that's for sure. For sure. So that's for four. Sure. That's okay. Four. Um, mm, I might... I might try my secret of experience here. Okay. Um, so... So once per session, I can use tags for more than one trait when I make a roll. Okay, so what tags are you going to pull? What I want, um, I'm kind of eyeing kind from my charm trait. Okay. And uh, curious, maybe, from my explorer trait. Because <laughs> really, I, I don't know what's happening here. And this is really an act of curiosity, I think. Is like, can I get this person out? Um, mm-hmm. And possibly the ancient lore one, too. Would yeah. Would that, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I think that's six. To yeah. get two two hits here, yeah. Um. Okay. All right. I'll I'll try it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Wait. Okay. Wait. Wait. I. Wait. Six dice. Six dice. Why did I roll seven? <laughs> Hang on. Okay. Because wait. Okay. Something for doing a thing. Um, dream blood. Dream blood. Manipulate dream. Manipulate dream, soothe, soothe, kind, curious, curious, and ancient lore. Oh yeah, it's seven. That's seven. Okay, cool, cool. We, um, I, I counted wrong. That's my bad. No, it's all. I don't. I don't even know why I said that because I got five successes anyway. So. Oh geez, wow. Okay, <laughs> we're fine. <laughs> um, so what do you want to? You're trying to get her out, right? I'm trying to open the doors because that's how she's been trying to get out. So I want to see if that does anything. You open the doors. And there's nothing beyond them. And I think yes. she just drops to her knees at that. And she's like, um, where? She doesn't have words. I don't think she has words. Um, I, Juniper bends down and gets on her knees um, to bring herself to this woman's level. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't say anything. She just takes her hands um, as just an act of, I don't know what's going on either, but I'm here with you. Mm-hmm. And you're not alone. She, like, grabs your shoulders and is like, you're real, right? I'm real. Yeah. And you are too. I can feel it. You pro- you promise? I I promise. I I can sense these things. 
Can you get me out? I'm going to do everything that I can to get you out. Are, are you going to have to go? I think that's when, like, Juniper kind of remembers, like, oh, there's, like, a very dangerous creature that I'm trying to track in real life. And also, like, I kind of left this person I was working with to do that by himself. Um, right. And so and she's like, yeah, yeah, actually, um, yes, I I have to go, but I'm I'm going to take you with me and I'm going... I'm going to do some research, and I'm going to learn what I can about your situation, and I'm not going to leave you, okay? You'll come visit. I'll visit, yes, of course. Okay, okay. Um, and I think she gives her hands, like, one last squeeze and leaves the dream. So as you, like, are, like, fading back out, you hear a sh- like, there's, like, echoey sounds of, like, like shouting and like a screeching noise and like a gunshot and you hear you hear rosewood being like juniper juniper and then like gunshot gunshot and like you wake up you're like kind of in like so the mech's kind of on its back right um and it's got this like hole that's punched through all the way to the to like the earth again and so Uh like i imagine you like kind of like pop your head up um Mm -hmm. out of the thing do you have the uh the the device in your hand that has this person well i think i was just touching it but i think i like scrambled to like unscrew whatever or like to detach it from the mech and to put it in my bag so you've got that and like you pop up and you see that like coming down from a hill like um the the mustang is running at you right now um Mm -hmm. and like every once in a while like there's just like like you can see in the distance um Rosewood has like his rifle out and is like taking a couple shots at it and it's like bleeding heavily. And he's basically just like, he shouts like, finish it off. What are you doing? <laughs> um, and I think she, she tries to react as quickly as she can um, and scrambles to like grab the gun. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to roll to take another shot here. Okay. So I think the difficulty here, because you're kind of like surprised is going to be four again. Okay. Um, that's fair. So one for doing a thing, one for athletic, right? Yep. Pistol and shooting? Pistol, shooting. Yep. So. Are you going to use a secret here, maybe? (laughs) That could be good. Um, Yeah, I'm going to use the secret of the lucky break. So once per session, I can keep my pool dice when I succeed. Um. Which means so I'm gonna, going to use them all. <laughs> cool. So you're going to roll nine dice? Um, yes. To to try and get four successes. Yes, that is correct. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm pulling for you over here. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's hope this doesn't go poorly. Come on. Oh, my God. I got exactly four. Oh, thank God. Okay, you got That's, four. That was close, but That was did close. It. Okay, so you fire again, and this time you're ready for like the the weight of this of this gun, um, and it hits this thing in the shoulder, and it like stumbles to the ground and like slides along this like the rough earth, and like hits the like the base of a of like a pine tree, and uh, Rosewood like drops the gun in the shield and like slides down and like gets on its back on, on it like up really close, which like sketches you out because you saw this thing like just you know spew plasma and like before it can like Uh turn and get him he like draws the knife and he just like brings it down like right at the base of the spine um where it like meets the skull and starts like twisting and it takes a few minutes for this thing to stop like it takes a long time and now that you're kind of like in this weird place where you're carrying um a weird machine that's also a person in your bag um as you do the mustang feels alive like the Mustang f- met like you like maybe you reach out just a little bit just to see because this is an mm-hmm. old empire thing too. Mm-hmm. The Mustang feels like in between what you have in your bag, the person you have with you now, and a machine. Like it's definitely alive. Like I, there's just just this like very slight thing in the back of your mind. It's like these technologies are connected. 
you know, like that's like the feeling mm. that you get. Like there is a through line here, you know, like when you see like an amphibian and a fish and, uh, and a, uh, and like a reptile, mm. like there's some shared stuff there for yeah. sure. Right. Like that kind of, that kind yeah, of feeling. Yeah. And Rosewood, like after those couple of minutes that it takes for this thing to shut down or die, it's unclear which he like stands up and he's like breathing really heavily. And he's like, good shot. Um, Are you all right? Juniper nods, but she's kind of frowning. Um, and she's actively trying to get a sense of like, like, is this thing dead yet? Or is it still, it's kinda, dead. It's, it's dead, dead, dead or okay. shut down. It's so unclear which the, which thing it's so unclear if he broke it or he killed it. Like that's, that's this weird thing about whatever the Mustang is. Mm-hmm. It's a blurry line there. Okay. Um, it definitely didn't have like a personhood. I'll be clear. The Mustang does not have a personhood. It's just. Okay. Not quite alive and not quite a machine. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So I think she kind of just stands there just kind of looking at it for a second, not saying anything. And then she looks up. Um, she says, Rosewood, I found something. And I, you, you, sh- you should know about it. And she pulls the piece of machinery out of her bag. He kind of looks at it and he says, piece of that mech? Y- yes, I, but it's, it's alive. Look, and she's like pointing at how it's blinking. Hmm. I wouldn't tell anyone else about it for now. Okay, I, I won't, but do you, do you know anything about this? There's someone in there and I need to help her. And I don't, I don't know where to find that information or how to do it. And I want to, she wants to get out, but I can't get her out. Slow down. You're a doctor, right? Like, (laughs) I'm a doctor. I'm not a specialist in ancient technology. I took a couple classes. When I went to your father's academy, I took a couple classes and I've learned some things on the fly fighting things like that. And he like gestures towards the the Mustang. I don't know much. But here. Who does? He kind of shrugs and he's like, you don't want to meet him. The people who might know. They might kill you for that. And he's like, but. And he like kind of like walks down the way, uh, just towards one of like the smaller mechs. And he like kind of kicks him around a little bit, like looking for something. And he like reaches down into like one of their like, uh, like wrists areas. And he like yanks out a thing. And he says, let me see your, your, your communicator. She hands it to him. Um, and he like plugs it. He like does like this like a wired thing because they don't have like compatible like plugs or anything. And he says, "Well, I'd start here. This combined with being out here and taking a bit of a look. I've never been on this side of the mountain. Nobody really has. Copper Ridge is as far as civilization goes on this planet." So, no flyovers really even. Everyone stops. And like, there's like a beeping sound and he like tosses the little memory stick aside. And he like hands it to you. And you like, you look at it for a second and your map starts updating. And, and it starts like taking these like symbols, like these old symbols and kind of reconciling them the best it can with, mm-hmm. um, with what information it has between like taking essentially like a, like a Google map reading of the area now that you're on this side of the mountain and also um, this data that this old little bit of a mech had. Mm-hmm. And like these symbols pop up and Rosewood, he, he says, maybe you head out to one of those, you know? You think there's something there that can help me? It's possible. Anything that those machines, and he like kind of gestures at the, at the mechs, 
deemed important that we can still register in any way, well, that might be worth something. Okay. Okay. Um, but for now... I'll, I'll do it. We should go home. Um, she nods. I'm sure that letter of your father's probably asks you, or me, to let you stay. Um, she just kind of gives a knowing smile, like kind of unsure how he's feeling about it. For now. Thank some you, room. Rosewood. Thank you. Thank you. You saved some people. And I think we can kind of like start like, as you guys like kind of like start hiking back up this side of the mountains, back into like the, the, the torn apart bunker, mm -hmm. um, past the mechs and stuff. Like it just kind of gets higher and higher and like it starts fading out and like maybe in the distance, it gets far enough away that like a spire comes into view. Diceology is hosted and produced by Dane Fogdahl. Lady Juniper Blackbird is performed by Natalie Wilcoxon. Lady Blackbird was developed by John Harper. Soundscapes were created by TabletopAudio.com. If you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you listen. It helps us more than you know. And if you'd like to follow us, you can find us on Twitter at DiceologyPod for behind-the-scenes photos and updates. Thank you for listening to Diceology.